0: Welcome to Who Was She podcast. I am your host, Tara Jabari. This is the bonus episode of Behind the Scenes um, where I discuss the process of this season two with Angela Masakio, the script supervisor and graphic designer. Hi, Angie. Hi,
1: Tara. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. Enjoying this almost winter
0: weather. So for the listeners, we've been working on this from a lot of the second half of 2021. Um, I hope this will be released by 2022. Bless Sam Redd, who's the music composer. He is a bit busy, and I was waiting for a couple more of his new pieces for this season. So I keep delaying it. Um, So you're getting a new score for a new season? Somewhat new score. We're still using some of the old ones, but We're trying to, he and I discussed about having music from each time period and each zone. First season was like a Polish Jewish woman. Mm -hmm. And the second season is about a Persian woman in 19th century, uh, Persia. So it's quite different, the style of music and things. So we're working on that. Oh, that's a good detail. Yeah, so we'll do, and then like the third season will be jazz and classical music, because it's on Hazel Scott, who's a classical pianist and a jazz musician. Oh, tell us more about her later. Oh, we will. But you have some questions. And I did want to point out that this season is, sorry, this episode, uh, behind the scenes episode from season one is the most listened to. So I think people really appreciate that kind of the two-way conversation. So thank you for doing this again with me.
1: Sure. I'm sure people like hearing about your process too.
0: Well, we'll hope. (laughs) <laughs> so tell us a little bit about season two season two is about Zainab um, there's not a lot of information about her but she was from 19th century Persia so later 1800s and she became one of the first followers of a new faith known as the Babi faith which will eventually become the Baha'i faith and her whole process or her whole What's her background? Her background, we're not really sure. There's not a lot of information about her. Uh, But she, when there was a battle, one of the bloodiest battles in the early years of the Babi faith, um, the Battle of San John, she was a village girl near San John. And most of, I guess, according to the records that we have, the women and children were mostly assisting the, the men who were fighting and they would help clean up and and give and nourishment and you know save bullets and things like that. And Zainab saw a hole and she she was like we need more fighters. And it I guess it really wasn't allowed, but she decided to pretend to be a boy so that she can fight in the front lines and she was killed on it, but it was her bravery to say I will give my life for the freedom of choice and the freedom of religion. So she was a martyr. She was a martyr. Yeah, she was. I kind of think of it as like the Persian Joan of Arc. Oh. Is how I explain it to people who don't really know. Um, and a little bit of like Mulan. <laughs> uh, but she really wasn't saving any men. She was just trying to fight with the men so that they we all had an equal choice. Um, and they're really I mean from what I could find there's like maybe a chapter of her amongst what was going on in San John so there's really hard to find out but it came up because my mother uh, always said that we don't really hear about Zainab um, out of particularly the women in Baha'i history and Babi history because she is a Babi Um, she didn't live to become a Baha'i, though mm-hmm. one would assume and hope she would have become a Baha'i. I believe it. Um, there is another much more popular, well-known first Babi, and her name was Tahere. Um, and oh, I've heard that name before. Yes, that's probably because it's my legal name, but don't <laughs> worry, I was not named after her necessarily. I was named after my great-grandmother, who was named after her. But Tohadeh was, was another very important Babi, and woman in history, but we have a lot of information about her. Uh, and maybe I'll do a season on her. But there's a lot of information about her, and she was a poet. Was uh, she considered a Baha'i or just a Babi? Just a Babi. She okay. died before it became Baha'i. Faith. Okay. Um And she was martyred as well. Oh wow! One of the more famous things that she did is she, at the time of this period. Women had to be covered from head to toe, right? They had to be in a veil. And her stance was, we need to show equality between men and women. There is no difference under the sight of God. So she would unveil herself during the conference of Badasht. Um, I hope I'm saying it correctly. But again, another part of Iran. And it was so shocking that a man slit his throat to see a woman do that. Oh my God. So it sounds barbaric to us, but it, it showed just how brave she was. She's like, this is what I'm talking about. You're you're putting a divide between men and women, and there is no divide, right? Um, there was the Shah at the time was very much taken with her and said, if you, I will keep you basically as one of my concubines and you're fine and you're safe if you deny all of this stuff, Uh, and she didn't, and then they killed her. And we don't know where she, she's in an unmarked grave. Um, And so so her story is very, and then her poems are very well known, um, but my mother was like, you know, we don't really know much about other women, or we don't talk a lot lot about the other women, particularly in the early years of the faith, because the women did a lot to keep this faith going um, and to nurture the right, the freedom of religion, the freedom of belief and equality and things like that. So she said, Zainab, you should do a season on Zainab, And it was a huge challenge for me because we really don't have a lot of information on her. So besides finding that part challenging, what what were other challenges you faced? Um, I think one huge challenge for me was... Because you had access to
1: information as much as you could find.
0: Yeah, I looked at some academic papers as well about what was life like for women in 19th century Persia. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's all assumptions. I don't know exactly what it was like for her. We don't even know exactly which village she came from in mm. Saint, uh, San John. But we, I found a lot of information through Baha'i scholars, Baha'i writings, uh, there's a very, very important text called The Dawnbreakers or Nabil's Narrative, which is firsthand accounts of the early years of the faith. So it was like a diary entry um, at the, like the day after something happened oh, wow. and it was collected. And that's why. So a lot of people are like, what's your Bible? Well, we ha- we don't really have a Bible, but a big one that if you had to make us choose, there's a couple that we would have to say like there's a there are our laws which is the Kitabi Aqdas, the most holy book and then our history which is nebil's narrative or also known as Dawnbreakers, and then there's another one that talks about religious history and what led us to what we believe is going to be is the bahai faith which is the Kitabi iran which is the book of certitude so i would say those three are the big books if you know People are like, but if you had to choose. Um, so Dawnbreakers was a huge one because it does talk about this battle um, and Zainab specifically. Uh, and one of the challenges is that it's a lot of Persian, a bit of Arabic, long names. And thankfully, I come from a Persian family. So I would ask my uncle or my mother to make sure I'm trying to pronounce it correctly. Like uh, was a, a a word that has come up and he, that's like a, a islamic scholar but i didn't know exactly how to say it um so that kind of stuff was a challenge or expressions or even san john even though it's spelled with a j a n i would have said san jan she's like no it's like a, the name john and i'm like oh okay so Sanjan. that kind of thing that was that was a challenge to just get the names correct and the pronunciation correct, and finding as much as I could about Zeynep. And it was really hard to, because we have a lot more information on the men. Um, and you pointed that out as you read my script, because you can't, you weren't there for me to research. You weren't researching with me. You kind of had the script when I wrote it. And you're like, there's a lot about the guys, which I'm sure is important, but you're, you're called, who was she? Yeah. So that's when I went into academic art, um, papers that talk about 19th century Persia and the women. And that's how I learned like what village girls and women were doing, what, what was most likely their duties, their jobs, um, their lifestyle. And I added a little bit more detail to that. Again, it's an assumption because I don't know. Based on facts. Based on facts. Um, but we don't know exactly what happened with Sana what her life was. But we can assume based on the facts of what we can find for other women very similar in her situation.
1: Great. You mentioned Tohere and Zainab, similarities Mm -hmm. between those two. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed or did you notice any similarities between Zainab and
0: Lydia from the first season of Who Was She? One of the big similarities I haven't really thought about this. Um, You just told me you were going to ask me this question. And I was like, oh, dang. But now that I think about it, it is that belief system that they had. And they're. Well, you were quick to point out that
1: you were quick to compare Zainab to someone like Joan of Arc. So I just Mm -hmm. wondered if when doing your research, even though you said it was challenging, because you only had so much material. If you you know noticed anything between Lydia and Zainab,
0: any sort of similarities? It's hard to say. Because Well, for one thing, Lydia lived to 40-odd years. And Zainab is thought to have lived up to 20, 21 years. Again, we're not sure. So there's twice as much stuff that we know about Lydia. But just one of the big things they have in common is that they felt strongly this belief system on a faith that is rather new. And it was scary for a lot of people. And people had a lot of not just hesitations, but they didn't trust it. They didn't understand it. They didn't care for it. And they often felt threatened by a new faith that, this young woman is going to follow and become. Um, But that didn't deter them. That only made them stronger in their faith to say, well, I'm not telling you to do something. I'm just telling you to respect my decision and to allow people to investigate and to strive for what they want to believe in. And I think that's the big thing. That all the women that I'm hoping to to work on this uh, podcast on show, um, so it's this um, head strong, steadfastness that they both have. Uh, that that's what I see as a similarity. Great. And do you think had Zainab lived
1: past the battle? Mm-hmm she would have become a teacher of the faith?
0: Probably, I think if she, because one of the things that we learned is, it is said in Dawnbreakers, that the uh, a lot of women were inspired and in awe of Zainab's sacrifice and bravery. That even more women not only became Bobbies, but also became fighters for the cause of just religious freedom, right, um, and and that was an inspiration, right, and I I don't know if she would have been a teacher, um, so, Tohore was a teacher uh, at one point in her life, but Zainab probably, she was a village girl, so she was a farmer, but she would have been someone quite influential in the village, and more so probably had she lived, and I do think, because again, it was only Bobby Faith, Um, It was several years before it became the Baha'i faith, but had she lived, I do think she would have become a Baha'i. 19th century
1: Persian village girl. Do you think she knew how to read?
0: Um, From the research that I heard, she might not have been. It was mostly rural women who were able, wealthy women, who were educated. Again, this is something that Tahereh was able to. Mm -hmm believe she's from Tehran, it could be wrong, but her family was quite well known and um, her father was a scholar. She definitely learned how to read and write. Um, but a lot of women, particularly in rural areas were not. They were they were supposed to take care of the land and assist on the land and then family and then eventually get married and, and raise the family. Um, so chances are she wasn't but she still could have heard about this new faith and, and and was drawn to it. Sure.
1: What was your favorite part about doing this season of Who Was She? Good question.
0: I still really like the creative process. So working with Sam, sending him YouTube videos and, and Spotify playlists of Persian instruments, and I'd be like, this is what we use. Good luck. Um, and him calling me up. And he was like, okay, do you have a second? Because I have a piece that I want to share with you. And I want to make sure it's right. I'm like, I'm not the music expert, <laughs> but all right, listen, right, let's listen to it. Um, I liked working with you with the editing process of the script to really make sure things are making sense. It's, it's not too much information or not too little information. And it still goes that you are focusing on the woman. Um, and it was a lot to learn. I, I mean, I didn't really learn about Zainab until my mother was like, you know, you really should do this season. We don't really know a lot. I don't really know a lot. Um, and I'm, I'd be curious to know. What was the most surprising thing you learned? <clears throat> that hojat who was really the, the main man who brought the Babi faith to San John and the villages, nearby villages. Um, he figured out that she was really a woman right away. It seems right away. Wait, he figured it out. And she asked him, don't say anything about me. Like please let me fight the front lines. Like you need more people to be fighting. So not like Shang and Milan. No, not like Shang and Milan. So he, he agreed. He's like your your secret is safe with me and when it comes down to it, it really doesn't make a difference if it's a man or a woman in the eyes of God and, and in in the eyes of just fighting for what you believe in. Um, and then, you know, he gave her a secret name, Rustam Ali, which is based on a, like a, a poem by Persian poet Ferdowsi uh, And I didn't know that my mom read that. And she's like, oh, I know who exactly, you know, and it was like someone very brave in a poem. She's like, you got to add that in there. Um, What does that mean? Is that just a name? It means brave, like bravery, I guess. Um, I'm not quite sure. I didn't do too much research on that because I was a little distracted because there was a lot going on. Um, But that was a fun little fact. And also that Hojet had his... Like she had his full belief in her. Mm. Um and, and so that was really sweet to hear and learn about. Great. And why what kept you going? It I mean honestly I really didn't want to do a season for a while. Yeah. Because so maybe I wanna ask that. No, ask it. Um because I couldn't find anything. Yeah. You you would read the script and you're like, I want to know more about her. And I'm like, well, that's a good thing because there's intrigue. But the bad thing is I don't have anything more on her. Yeah. Um, but it was. But what also kept me going is that I already made it public. It's in our behind the scenes for Lydia that we already had season two lined up. Um, so you committed. You got- I was like committed. I, I put it out there and I went... You know, a lot of people don't know about Zainab, and what was interesting is I did talk to—I uh, think she's an editor and for a site called Bahai Blog, and they said we'd love to interview you for who was she, and I said, okay, for season one. And I mm-hmm. told him season two is on Zaynab. And she's like, my daughter's name is Zaynab and no one ever understands why. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. So it was nice to hear like some people are like, yeah, no one gives this woman enough acknowledgement or attention. Um, and it was really influential what she did. So that was one thing that pushed me. And so I had to get creative. I was like, I got all these books. I talked to, you know, Ed Price, was someone i know very closely and he helped me i was like is there anything else on zainab or the battle of san john and he's like i mean honestly here's the Dawnbreakers, and this is my chapter and i was like oh my gosh what do i do so yeah didn't even write to the house of justice so that was another thing that was a challenge there is one photo if you look if you google her name there is a photo of a woman probably around this time period, but we have no actual um, proof or um, certification. Like confirmation? Con- yeah, we don't have actual confirmation that this was her. So I, I remember asking Ed, and he's like, go um, ask the Baha'i World Center's archival department, I think, uh, or just the Baha'i World Center, to make sure that it is really her. And if it isn't, if they cannot confirm it, then just don't use it. So I said, okay, so I did, and I reached out to them. I'm like, there's no photos that I can find, except I did from the dawn Breakers or things like that, but I did find this one photo. Is this her? And I said, we cannot confirm that that is her. There's no way for us to know. So I said, okay, so I won't use her. However, Lydia did play Zainab um, in a, in a performance uh, while she was in America. So I was like, if anything, I'll find oh, oh, wow. that a photo. But it's in shadows. It's in black and white, and it's a lot of shadows. And then there was um, a graphic novel, San John, and I reached out to the authors, and they were very pleased to, to let me use their um, graphic designs and arts. Um, and they had a few drawings of Xanab, and that's what we've been using to, uh, to say that this is her right um so that was another cha- like these are the challenges there's not a lot of information but it was nice to hear that people were interested mm. and i guess if you wanted to learn more you can learn more about the other people involved other similar zaynabs um, and i i keep learning more and more about people all the time that i just have a list um so tara before we go, can you tell us about next
1: season on Who Was She?
0: Next season is really exciting for me because I am learning more and more. It's on Hazel Scott who is the first Black American, not just woman, but any gender um, who had her own television show in the United States. She was a jazz and classical pianist. Her like I think unofficial godmother was Billie Holiday. Wow. Uh, She definitely, there's some really funny stories with Billie Holiday that I read. Um, And she was from Trinidad. She was born in Trinidad and she grew up in Harlem. She was married to Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Oh, wow. And uh, that's down
1: the street from me. Yeah. Or, well, the street named after him, I
0: should say. Yeah. Uh, Because we're here in Harlem and I got to, you know, As I'm reading a biography on her, I found a couple of biographies and and there's a little bit more information. What is interesting is that she didn't become a Baha'i till much later in life. Um, But what I did hear, a little sneak preview, is when she became a Baha'i, she had reportedly said, you know, all my life, I kept hearing, you know, when I'd say what I believed in and what I wanted to do or what my hopes were for humanity um, people were like, "You sound like a Baha'i," and I'm like, I, "I'm not. I don't know what that <laughs> is." And then she met Dizzy Gillespie, who's a very famous um, jazz artist and trumpet player, uh, and he's a he was a Baha'i. and And towards the end, towards the end of her life, she's like, "You know what? I am a Baha'i," and she became a Baha'i in I think her sixties. Wow. And um, and it was really interesting. Like, so now I can <laughs> firmly say I am a Baha'i, and this is what I believe in. Um, but she always had that kind of mindset. And it was just super interesting to hear her life. And, and she's had a lot of struggles and what she stood for. Um, and I'm really excited for that. And a lot of people don't know about her. But when I took a tour of Harlem, um, several of the tour guides were like, I know exactly who Hazel Scott is. Not a lot of people know about her. So I'm excited for your podcast. So it was really nice to hear that. Lovely. Um, and so that's, um, hopefully coming at the end of two thousand and twenty-two, possibly two thousand and twenty-three, depending on how Sam can do jazz music. <laughs> um, but there's lots of fun videos I found of YouTube on YouTube of like Hazel famously playing two pianos at once. Oh wow! And um, she she was just really she got a scholarship to be just, nice if you could use her music. I I might be able to if it's public domain and stuff, but she went to Juilliard at eight years old. Oh my gosh. And she's <laughs> black. This was not a time that they were even allowed that. But the um, there's like a story of the director, the president of Juilliard heard her play classical music and he's like, I don't care what she is. She's coming in here. And so like I was like, how do we not know more about her? So <laughs> I, I hope this will give her more um not press like more attention to show just how much she helped change uh US and the world because she did uh travel the world and she lived in Paris for a while and things like that. So I'm That's really incredible. excited. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for interviewing me. I'm so glad we were able to do this again. Yeah, me too. I I'm I'll let you know if this is also the top listened episode. <laughs> but yeah. Um thank you and thanks for all your help course anytime all right well thank you all till next season till next season you can also find more information on our instagram facebook and pinterest at who was she podcast and please rate and subscribe however you listen to this podcast logo was designed by script editor angela masakio music was composed and performed by sam red i am your host tara jabari